Christian attitudes to lawbreakers are generally that um, that people shouldn't break the law. The Bible, on the whole, kind of teaches against that. But there is a verse that talks about God's law being more important. Um, so some Christians might believe a punishment should be really as severe as this crime committed, kind of eye for an eye attitude. Others believe that they should be helped in order they don't reform again. Um in the parable of the sheep and goats, Jesus gave various actions that are pleasing to God, and that included treating prison as well. He said, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was in prison and you came to visit me. So this might inspire Christians to treat prisoners with compassion. There are also different types of crime, and these are pretty straightforward, but the one you might want to think about is hate crimes. The definition of hate crime are crimes including violence. They're usually targeted at people because of their race, their religion, their sexuality, disability or gender. Christians condemn condemn both hate crimes and most other kinds um, of crime because God created all humans with equal value. And no individuals or groups should be singled out for inferior treatment. So in this context, neighbour means, when it says love thy neighbour, they interpret that as neighbour means everybody, regardless of their race, religion, sexuality, disability, gender, etc. Jesus also mixed with people from all sections of society and didn't turn anybody away. He said there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We then need to look at the aims of punishment. Now, there is three key ones that you need to know for the exam, although there are other aims of punishment. So the first one is retribution. Retribution is um, to get your own back, an eye for an eye. It's the least positive. It's um, kind of found in the Old Testament. um, Put simply, it means that criminals should receive the same injuries and damage that they've caused to their victim. In cases of murder, that meant that the murderer was executed to match the fate of the victim. Um, And it says in Exodus, if there's serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Christians do not take this teaching literally, but interpret it to mean that an offender should receive a punishment severe enough to match the seriousness of their crime. Obviously, think about the kind of pros and cons of each of these. Next one is deterrence. Many believe that if offenders are seen to be punished for wrongdoing, and in some cases punished severely, the threat of similar punishment might put them off committing other crimes. So, for example, the threat of a ban from driving may deter people from driving when intoxicated. The offender themselves might be deterred from reoffending if they do not like the punishment they receive. Years ago in Britain, people were put in stocks and flogged and executed in order to try to deter others, making extreme examples um, of offenders in an effort to persuade others to obey the law. Many Christians would not see to be acceptable. And the last one, and probably the most Christian um, aim of punishment, is reformation, because it seeks to help offenders, to work with them, to help um, them understand that their behaviour is harming society, and it's hoped that offenders will change their attitudes and become law-abiding members of the community. They would take the passage from Paul in Romans that says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. 
Um, so do not take revenge. This encourages Christians not to seek revenge, but show compassion, to work with them, to educate them, to maybe give them jobs, etc. So think about even more reasons why Christians might like that. A uh, Christian attitude to suffering we might need to consider a little as well. So for many people, suffering is an unfortunate part of life. It could be caused by something unnatural, uh, natural, such as an illness, or it might be due to the way people have behaved. But Christians would believe they should help people who are suffering. It says in Romans, we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character and character and hope. This was written by Paul, who had suffered a lot at the hand of the Romans. Christians also believe they should follow the example of Jesus, who helped many people who who were suffering. So give some examples of people that Jesus helped. Many many people would question why a loving God who cares about his people would allow them to suffer. Christians believe that God gave humanity free will to behave as they choose. You could make a, a kind of deeper link here to Irenaeus's theodicy. So Irenaeus said that God um, on purposely allowed there to be suffering in the world. He made it so that we would have to overcome it and be challenged by it um, in order that um, we could develop into his likeness. So it wasn't that we were made automatically in his likeness, that we had to grow into it. Um, Christians are generally opposed to causing other people to suffer. Jesus taught about love, um, etc. But as no human being is perfect, it might be inevitable that Christians cause suffering. Um, And then we could make a link to kind of beliefs about forgiveness, etc. There are different types of punishment that people might receive when they have committed um, a crime. So one of those is prison or loss of liberty. Uh, think about the kind of pros and cons of that. The next one is corporal punishment. So corporal punishment means to punish an offender by causing them physical pain. So a lot of people would consider this a breach of human rights legislation, but it does happen in in parts of the world. For instance, in Muslim countries such as Saudi Arabia, um, caning is a punishment for offences such as gambling and sexual promiscuity. Corporal punishment was permitted in schools in the UK until it was made illegal in 1987 in government-funded schools and in 1999, not really that long ago, in all other schools. Um, So the reason why some Christians might justify, but it's not a widely popular belief, that it's okay because in Proverbs it says, "'He who spares a rod hates their children.'" but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Christians do not disagree with discipline. They see a positive need for it, but they might question the methods because Jesus taught about love and care, etc. Kind of final example of um, a punishment is community service. Some crimes are punishable by community service. This might include offences such as vandalism or minor assaults. Uh, people would get given something between 40 hours and 300 hours of unpaid work doing things within the community like removing um, graffiti etc you might other have uh, might have other elements in your community service sentence like um counseling something like that christians obviously believe quite strongly in forgiveness um it's a core belief 
there's loads of loads of examples you can talk about how in the Lord's Prayer it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who get forgive against us. Jesus taught that actually we should forgive up to 70, 70 times 7. He's talking metaphorically here that we should constantly forgive, that we should forgive an unlimited amount. There's no maximum number of times. Even if Jesus, when he was being crucified, said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, Christians don't believe it's easy, but they think it is important. And there's just so many Christian teachings about this. Uh, there is an example that you could use called the Northeast Prison Aftercare Society. Northeast Prison Aftercare Society. And it's a society based on principles of forgiveness and the reformation of prisoners. It was founded by a chaplain at a Durham prison and supported by many Christians in the northeast of England, either by raising money, volunteering in the prison visitor service, or in helping to resettle offenders once they are released. The last issue we need to look at is Christian attitudes to the death penalty. So the death penalty was abolished in the UK in 1965, initially temporarily, then it was permanently abolished in 1969. It's been illegal in all member countries of the European Union. Um, since its abolition, three people executed in the early 1950s were pardoned because new evidence that emerged showed that they were innocent. So that's a real problem with it, um, the idea that actually it might lead to a miscarriage of justice. The philosophical principle of utility suggests essentially utilitarianism suggests that an action is right if it promotes maximum happiness for the maximum number of people and it would appear on this basis the death penalty should be allowed however the principle of utility does not support the death penalty on grounds of retribution it only allows it if the protection of a wider society can be proven sanctity of life is a teaching that God gave the idea that life is holy and sacred because it is given by God. That would suggest that it's only God's right to take away uh, life. You know, the law gives, the Lord takes away. Individual Christians might have different beliefs about whether the death penalty should or should not be allowed. Uh, those who agree with the death penalty would use by verses mainly in the Old Testament, like whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed or eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Um, some people would argue that it is a good deterrent, or it's a good form of retribution. It brings about justice. Uh, countries such as the UK that do not permit the death penalty don't actually have higher murder rates, so some might suggest it's not actually that successful. Christians who oppose the death penalty do so mainly because they don't believe that taking another life is right. They believe only God has the right. Um, Jesus talks about forgiveness. In Ezekiel, it says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn away from their ways and live. Some people would also argue that the death penalty protects society by ensuring that a violent criminal does not kill again. While it can be argued that the rest of society is protected if murder is executed, protection is achieved by imprisoning murderers. Imprisonment also gives murderers the chance to repent and be reformed so that when re released they can become useful members of society. That's why many Christians, this is what many Christians want to happen and why they oppose the death penalty. And that is the end.